1 Kings 19, verse 4. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree. Somebody say a juniper tree. And he requested for himself that he might die and said, it is enough now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. And he lay and slept under the juniper tree, and behold, then an angel touched him and said unto him, Arise and eat. Somebody say eat. Somebody say you got to eat. Look at your neighbor and say you got to eat. And he looked and beheld there was a cake baked on the coals and a cruise of water at his head. And he did eat and drink and laid him down again. And the angel of the Lord came again the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat. Somebody say eat. eat. Because the journey is too great for thee. And I want you to listen closely to verse 8. And he arose and he did eat and drink and went in the straight of the strength rather of that meat 40 days and 40 nights and he went in the strength of that meat 40 days and 40 nights unto Herod the mount of God praise God you've got to eat when it's set before you you've got to eat when the word of the Lord is preached You've got to eat. Talked about it a moment ago. It's on us a lot of times. God has the promise. God has the peace. God has the answer. God has the hope. It's there. And a lot of times it comes through the preached word. It comes through a brother and a sister in the Lord that have been deep in prayer. And God spoke to them and given them a word. And it comes to you. You've got to eat the word. You've got to take hold of that word. So you can have strength for the journey. Amen. Amen. If you'd lay your Bibles down and let's ask God to bless us with his word today. Lord, we thank you so very much for our praise team that is anointed. Lord, they've practiced, they've prepared themselves, oh Lord, to lift up your name and to honor your name. And Lord, you are no doubt in this place. I feel your presence. I feel the brush of your angels, oh Lord, in this place. They're compassing us about right now. And Lord, I'm asking that in this place that our hearts and our spirits would be open to what you desire to do in us. That there would be people in this place, Lord, that would leave here changed and that your glory would be revealed in their lives. Lord, you have helped me time and time again. There's no doubt there's others in this place you've helped time and time again. And Lord, our trust is to be in you. We're to believe in you. We're to hold you close to us. Lord, we honor you today. And we thank you, Lord, for your grace and your mercy and your power. In Jesus' name. And everybody say amen.
Amen, amen. You may be seated. It's good to have our friends with us, brother and sister Aguinega. So good to have you guys coming here to be with Brother Ben and Sister Bailey today. Amen. For the next little bit, I'm going to preach on this thought, maintaining spiritual equanimity or stability. I want to be stable. Look at your neighbors. I want to be stable. I want to be stable. Equanimity is emotional stability, emotional stability or composure, especially under tension or strain. Anybody ever have any tension? I just saw somebody rubbing their neck. I said that and I looked over there and I saw somebody rubbing their neck. Amen. This week, I don't know what it is. It happens frequently. I I have no idea. Maybe it's pastoring. I don't have a clue, but I get these knots in my neck. And this week they decided to rise up and couldn't get them out. But they're finally gone. Thank you, Jesus. But you get tension and you get strain. And equanimity is emotional stability and composure during those times. Elijah was unable to maintain that spiritual equanimity. And he failed to trust God when trust was imminent. You see, there is going to be high waters. There is going to be rain, sleet, and snow in the spirit. There's going to be storms. There's going to be boisterous waves. You're going to find yourself in a catastrophic storm at some time, some place. Don't know what it will be. God forbid it be children that are backsliding. God forbid it be a marriage is in an uproar, whatever it is. But it is crucial as children of God that we maintain that spiritual stability in those times. Do not pick up the proverbial towel in those times and say, just forget it, I'm done. The example here that we read just now, he said, I, I just need to die. I want to take you back to what had just happened, though. Absolutely incredible things just happened. False prophets said that their God was real, their God was the one, etc., etc. Here comes Elijah. He comes and he repairs the altar. He builds it all up. He has them pour some water on it for good measure. And then he approaches our precious Lord and says, Hey, you're the one that's going to answer by fire. Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And, and the story goes that fire came down and didn't just burn it up, but there was nothing left, just a trench. No water, no sticks, no sacrifice, nothing. It completely licked it up. And oh joy it was. And just like a preacher should in a moment like that, you're feeling really good about yourself and you say, hey, go check and see if there's going to be a cloud. Go check and see if there's going to be any rain. What happened? He goes, he goes and he checks, and there is something. <laughs> it's not very big at first. Go check again. And then when he went back, man, the clouds. And here it came, an abundance of rain. And you would think after two mo moments in life, two incredible moments in my, my opinion, like, 
you would think, man, whoop, it's powerful. I'm excited. Things are great, but it's just like life that we live. We have those evangelistic, powerful moments where we're stomping our foot and shaking our fist, and we're excited. Family's doing good. Church is doing good. Powerful of God, power of God is moving all of the time, and we feel the presence of God. And then, here comes old Jezebel. Yeah, old Jezebel with her little bitty conversation. You're going to be like those people up there on that mountain. You're going to look just, I'm paraphrasing, you're going to be just like they are. You're going to be dead. And Elijah, he tucks his tail like a wounded dog and takes off running. He gets out of dodge, if you will. He doesn't stand flat-footed and say, no, my God answers by fire. I've made it through a problem before, and I'm going to make it through you, my problem that stands in front of me. That's what he could have done. The story would have read much better if that would have been how it was. But no, he tucks his tail and takes off. But just like, just like what happens in our lives, we sometimes get, oh man, though we just got applauded. Man, we just got applause for the, hey man, you did great, awesome. The rain came, it's incredible. The prophets are dead, all of those things. But now, I mean, yeah, not, not just a few, but a lot. There's, there is 800, uh, I can't remember exactly the amount, 850 prophets that are dead. Like, they are done for. There is a miracle that just happened with abundance of rain. And now one person says something to you. Your boss says something to you. Your co-worker says something to you or a family issue arises again and you've stumped your proverbial toe. You've, man, you just prayed in the altar really good on Sunday and man, you felt the power of God. You've been fasting and praying and things have been going great but all of a sudden and you would rather than saying, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, you look to the heavens and say, I need to die. I'm not better than my fathers. Uh, there's no way. What do you mean there's no way? What do you mean you can't make it? What do you mean that there's no way for you to get to the next step? You just had victory after victory after victory. What are you saying to me today, Pastor Darren? I'm telling you that in the midst of trial, in the midst of hurt, in the midst of pain, you have got to maintain your spiritual stability, equanimity. You must. It's imperative that we try to live for Jesus Christ when the going gets rough. To maintain spiritual equanimity. We must avoid extreme thinking. What does that mean? The Bible says an idle mind is the devil's workshop. But unfortunately, that's what we do. The mind is never idle. You just don't think on the right things. We let our mind go to the worst possible thing. We let our mind go to the catastrophic thing that could happen. What we need to think on is Jesus Christ the righteous. 
I know it's elementary this morning, but when we think on Jesus, the Bible says he gives us perfect peace. When our mind is stayed upon him, I know you got hail, high water, rain, sleet and snow in front of you, but think on Jesus. Let your mind be stayed upon Jesus. Success. Success in the spiritual life for the long haul is the ability to handle pressure positively. Don't lose your balance when the going gets rough. Why am I preaching about this on the first Sunday of 2024? Because we've got a journey ahead of us. We've got a journey in 2024. And I've been here a little while and I see sometimes that in our journey... When the going gets rough, when life happens, when issues arise, when you get a bad diagnosis or your family issues begin to arise that we can begin to sink back. When the job is not what it should be, when the marriage is not working out like you dreamt it to work out, you want to sink back and throw in the towel. No. You must stand flat-footed and say, my hope is in the Lord. As I said on Wednesday night, we got to have our eyes on where we're going. We're going to heaven. And I know that Jesus, he's my helper. He's my maker. He's my hope. He's my peace. I can keep on going with his strength. Again in our text, and the angel of the Lord came again the second time. And touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. Let me just stop for a moment. Ma'am, sir, the journey is too great for you. The journey is too great for you from Sunday to Sunday. You need the preached word of the Lord. You need fellowship with the family of God. You need brothers and sisters in the Lord saying, hey, let's strengthen our stakes. Let's lengthen our cords. Let's believe together. Let's know that he is our maker and he is our hope and our help. You need some encouragement and some help. And he arose and did eat and drink and went in the strength of that meat 40 days and 40 nights unto Herob, the mount of God. If you and I ever get caught in a tailspin and the joy of our journey is gone, we got to pray for supernatural intervention. We can't throw in the towel. I look across this congregation and I know that there are people you're dealing with lost loved ones. You're dealing with family members that are sick and broken. I understand that. I understand how that can weigh on your spirit and your heart and you want to believe, but man, there's this issue and I've prayed about it. I've prayed about it, Brother John. I've prayed about it. Can I just encourage you? Pray about it again. Come on, pray about it again. Go to the word of the Lord again. Because when it happens, when those issues happen and when those things happen, when that tailspin comes, when that bad diagnosis comes, when that issue comes to life or, or the things of the past begin to rear their ugly head, whatever it is, go in the spirit of that meat. What meat? The meat that you got on Sunday morning. The meat that you got in your personal devotion. The meat that you got when you came to men's prayer or ladies' prayer and you began to seek the face of God. You got to get some meat. The problem is you got to learn how to eat when the meat is on the table. 
God always, not sometimes, God always has meat. He has meat for the soldier of God. He has meat for you, ma'am. He has meat for you, sir. You're engaged in this battle. You're engaged in this war. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. All those things that exalt themselves or try to exalt themselves above God. Listen, you've got to eat the meat. You've got to eat the meat of the word because you are going to engage in a war. You're going to engage in a battle. And you have to have spiritual food to make it. You have to have spiritual food to be strengthened for that 40 days and that 40 nights. Or you're never going to climb the mountain. You're never going to get to the destination that Jesus has for you. Ladies and gentlemen, anybody want to go to heaven? Anybody want to see Jesus day in and day out? Anybody want to be with him in paradise? Listen to me. If we don't eat the meat of the word, we're not going to be with him in paradise. If we don't consume the powerful word of God, we will get weary and well-doing. Do you know that you can be doing well and things be going great and then all of a sudden, man, it feels like somebody took your leg out with a baseball bat? You could be doing everything right. You're returning your tithe. You're giving your offerings. You're, you're coming to church. You're a part of the small groups. You're doing everything. You're serving every week. Everything's going great. You're blessed at church or at home. You're blessed at church. You're blessed. You're always, you feeling black. I'm feeling the blessed life. Living the best life. I said the blessed life, not the best life. You're living the blessed life. And all of a sudden, oh, what just happened? Somebody took advantage. Something happened. And everything feels like it fell out from underneath you. Go to the word. Don't start thinking about it. Go to the word. Don't start wondering or looking at the person or the individual and say, I'm going to fix him. I'm going to fix her. I'm going to get this done. No, no, don't do that. What you need to do is go to the word of the Lord and begin to eat the meat of the word because the meat of the word is going to sustain you till the next day and the next day. And when everything pans out, when everything is going on, when all hell is breaking loose, you're still in the word. I'm still going. I can see where I'm going. I'm not going to give up. He's my strength. He's my hope. He's my help. I'm going to keep on going. You got to know what to do when there's pressure in your life. Don't try to figure it out on your own. When you're under pressure, always, always, not sometimes, but always look for spiritual insight. Don't just think, oh, it's just happening. No, I, I'm, I've got to go to the word. I've got to find some help in the midst of this issue and this problem. Can I get a raise of hands here, so a show of hands, a raise of hands, show of hands, of those of you that have done that. You've gone to the word when you've gone through some mess. Did it help you? Look around. Those of you that are unable to raise your hand today, look around. When you get into the word, when you eat the meat of the word, there's 40 days and 40 nights that you are for sure going to be able to make it. So ladies and gentlemen, why not do it after that 40 days is up and all hell breaks loose? Just do it again. Don't worry about the redundancy of it. Don't worry about, man, I'm down in the dumps again. No, I'm not. I got the word to run to. I got the word to give me peace. I got the word to give me help. I've used this story before on the East Coast. 
of Canada. Cod fishery has almost been destroyed from overfishing. Still, over three decades, Google will tell you that they've been having problems still. But the public demanded for, the, 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 since this fish problem, this issue was going on, that they had to stop. And freezing the fish would take away their, fa- their flavor. And shipping the cod in tanks of salt water would mess up the texture. So someone found out the answer. Put catfish in the, na- in the tank with the codfish. It's the natural enemy to the codfish. And the result of doing that is these codfish would constantly be chased. And they would move. And they would go faster and faster. And they would run away from the catfish. And so it improved their texture drastically. You and I, ladies and gentlemen, we need a catfish type of pressure in our life on a daily basis so we will constantly go to the word. Oh man, I got to read the word. I got to get on my knees and pray. I got to seek the face of God. Don't feel like you've made it. Always be in pursuit of God's word. Always saying, I know I got pressures. I know I got problems. I know I got issues that are on my heel, but I want to get to the word because that's where my answer is. That's where my help is. That's where my strength comes from. My hope is in the Lord, so why not run to the Lord? Pressure always produces positive results if we react correctly. We have a problem not acting correctly. We have a problem just, it's too much. I'm done. I'm going to need that back. That's what we do. Thank you, sir. We throw in the towel. We're done. I get it. You get under some weight, which I haven't done in a very long time, but I'm going to try again soon. Seems like I always say that and I never do it. That pressure from that weight, that barbell and those 45s on the end, that pressure creates positive strength in the one that's doing the pressing. When you take on that pressure again and again and again, you gain muscle, you gain strength, you gain stamina. You can move forward. You can do better in your athletics or whatever it is that you're pursuing. You can have a healthier life. That pressure always produces positive results if we react positively. Now, I'm sure that you have watched the YouTube channels before. Of the power lifters, the pressure was great. Instead of holding on to the bar, they let go of the bar, and that's never a good idea. Never. For those of you that are looking into lifting weights in 2024, it's never a good idea. It's bad. Everything falls. Everything breaks. You can hurt yourself. You can hurt someone else. You got to hold on and then scream for that help. There's someone called a spotter. Jesus is our spotter. In the midst of the problem, in the midst of the pressure, I can't handle it. I can't do it. Don't try to throw it off. You'll break your neck. Don't try to throw it off. You're going to hurt somebody around you. What you need to do is you need to call, help Jesus. I need your help. And Jesus will come right underneath you and begin to pull you up and say, I've got you. I'm the one that carries you. I'm the one that sustains you. I'm the one that gives you peace. I'm the one that can carry you through to tomorrow. 
and on and on days after. Pressure is allowed by God. And it helps you in this process of living for him. Pressure will test the resiliency and strength of a leader of a home. It'll test the strength and the resiliency of any leader anywhere. You've got to make up in your mind that I'm going to respond in the, po the positive manner. Pressure, pressure. Somebody say pressure. pressure. Pressure teaches us to trust in God and not ourselves. You can't do it. I can't do it. Did you know Contrary to what you may believe, I can only help you with some things. Contrary to what you might believe, the person sitting beside you on your left or your right can only help you with some things. I told our uh, team this morning, our dream team, told them, I said, you've got to pursue a relationship with God for yourself. For yourself. Yes, you can pursue the relationship with God as a, as a body of Christ. We can do that together. Times we're together. But if you're going to make it, if you're going to make heaven your home, you can't rely on your wife. You can't rely on your husband. You can't rely on your children. You can't rely on your best friend that sits beside you today. You can't rely on your pastor. You've got to rely on yourself to pursue God. Because listen, your friend may get pressure when you don't get pressure. And they may not be able to hand it handle it and so if you're doing everything that they're doing guess what when you get pressure you're not going to be able to handle it either but if you have had a relationship an encounter with God and you have eaten the meat of the word and the pressure comes your way you're going to know oh I've got to stand having done all to stand having my loins girt up about me with the gospel of truth you can't make it on your own. But if you've got an encounter and a relationship with Jesus Christ, when the going gets rough, you're going to make it. Because you're going to know what to do, ladies and gentlemen. Listen to Proverbs chapter 24 and verse 10. If thou faint in the day of adversity... Thy strength is small. If I faint in the day of adversity, my strength is small. I don't always like to go, go back to it, but Sister Ginger could have fainted in the day of adversity. I could have fainted in the day of adversity. There have been those that I have known that have fainted in the day of adversity. Leaders and people of, of, of esteem, they've just fainted. They've thrown in the towel. They've given up. Though they brought it on themselves many a times, they threw in the towel nonetheless. Ladies and gentlemen, in adversity, understand anything that happens. There's a war that we're fighting. <laughs> It's all spiritual, ladies and gentlemen. It's coming against you. It's coming against me. And so when that, that adversity comes and it begins to take you out, if you will, if you faint in the middle of adversity, that strength is small. So what I've got to do is I've got to go to the spiritual weight room.
What do I got to do? I've got to exercise in his word. What do I have to do? I've got to eat the protein of the word. Why do I got to eat the protein of the word? I've got to get meat on these bones. I've got to get muscle on these spiritual bones so I can maintain and I can continue to go in a spiritual strength that I've never had before. Don't go off of what you got the very first time that you received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But this is a journey that we got to go every single day, every single moment. Let me tell you what the limit is. The limit is 40 days. The limit's 40 days. You got to eat the meat that's on this table right here. You got to eat this meat right here. And it's going to sustain you through your journey for 40 days and 40 nights. Baby, you better get in G- into Jesus every single day if you're going to make it until he comes. Because we don't know when he's coming. It could be the next 40 days and 40 nights. Or it could be a decade away from now. But you've got to get into the word. You've got to eat the word. How do I handle it all? You've got to accept God's pressure principle. Second, Chronicles chapter 4, verse 17. For our light afflictions, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceedingly an eternal weight of glory. Praise God. The flag will blow only as wind assaults it. Grapes produce wine only as they are pressed in the wine press. As I stated a moment ago, muscles will only produce when they're pushing against a force that is much greater than them and it creates new muscle tissue a rose though I don't much care for rose scents a rose will only produce a scent when it's crushed and mushed and mixed with oil to create, create a fragrance your life your relationship with God will produce only new anointing when you allow yourself, as we sang about a moment ago, to be broken before the Lord. The rose produces a good fragrance. The wine or the grapes produce a great wine, but only when they're broken, only when they're pressed upon, only when there's a Pressing and a pushing. We got to accept God's pressure principle. God, break me. God, put pressure on me because I'm going to fight and I'm going to make it through because I know that you've given me the strength. You've given me something to stand, having done all to stand. And so, Lord, I'm going to stand Therefore, I'm going to be here, Jesus. But, Lord, I'm accepting it. I want you to put the pressure on me because I'm going to get in the word more than I ever have before. I'm going to get on my knees more than I ever have before. I'm going to come to church, and I'm going to actually worship more than I ever have before. So as much pressure that you need to put on me, if it's going to make me stronger, if it's going to make me more passionate about your kingdom, if it's going to make me more passionate about you, then I'm going to keep Keep on doing it, and you can bring it my way. Let pressure produce prayer. You see, 
if we want to be honest with ourselves, when pressure comes, we run to our friends. We run to our family. We run to those around us to try to get the help, the increase, the hope, the finances, whatever it is that we need, we run to everyone else. But when pressure comes, let it produce prayer. Let it get you on your knees. The pressure of Calvary drove Jesus to the Garden of Gethsemane. You and I can't even fathom. We don't even comprehend the pressure of Calvary. But there he prayed. There he prayed. Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane. And saith unto the disciples, sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. You see, pressure. It's been given a perfect example by Jesus Christ himself. When you have pressure, when I have pressure, what I got to do is learn how to assume the position. God, this is heavy. I need you. God, this is too, too burdensome for me. I need you. But it's so difficult for us to do that. When we're praying for someone, we'll pray. When we're praying for an issue or a problem for someone else, we'll pray. Oh, yeah, I'll pray for you, sir. Yeah, ma'am, I'll pray for you. You've you heard it. Hey, I need you to pray for me. My son's lost out with God. Hey, I need you to pray for me. This is, but when it's you. We got that deer in a headlight look. What do I do? What am I supposed to do, son? What am I supposed to do, daughter? Honey, what am I supposed to do, man? What am I supposed to do? No, what we got to do is we got to go to prayer and say, God, help me. That is your spiritual stability that you must have. You've got to go to prayer and seek the face of God when the going gets rough. When the pressure comes on. Pressure should help you to yoke up with Jesus Christ. Come unto me, all ye that are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. When you and I, we find ourselves in an extreme situation, remember, remember, just like in a plane, there's a stabilizer button. So I'm told, I've never been in the cockpit of a plane, but I've told, that there's a stabilizer button. When you have some issues arise, when you have family things arise, go to Jesus. And when it doesn't happen the first time, keep on pressing, Brother Jonathan. When it doesn't happen the second time, keep on pressing. When you go before the Lord again, I'm not getting any stability today, keep on pressing because he is the one that brings stability. He's the one that brings that peace that passeth all understanding. The ship was boisterous. The, the waves were boisterous and the, and the winds were strong and the boat was going all over the place. What did they do? They ran to the master. And the one that had all the stability said, stabilize, peace be still. Why run anywhere else? Why do we look anywhere else? I'm going to tell you something. I tell people every single time. You feel awesome when you come up out of that water. 
Some people have received the Holy Ghost coming up out of that water. And man, you feel the joy of the Lord. It's your strength. You got joy unspeakable and full of glory. You feel the power. Man, you could run through a brick wall and take everybody with you and say, man, this is the greatest thing since sliced bread. I know you cut up. I know it's hurt. I know we ran through this brick wall, but isn't it wonderful? And you can convince anything. But tomorrow comes, and that's what I tell people. The next day is going to come, and all hell is going to break loose in your life. The adversary is going to come in like a flood. But what you've got to do is you got to say, Lord, I had a great time yesterday in your presence. I felt something I never felt before. I felt the joy in my spirit as I laid down in my bed last night. But man, all hell is breaking loose. What you got to do is say, Jesus, would you lift up this standard? I need a standard. I need a hedge about me, Jesus, because hell is coming my way. Issues are coming my way. You got to allow that pressure, that pressure as it comes in. You got to grab the hand of Jesus. Say, Jesus, I'm not going anywhere. You're going to help me through this problem. I'm yoking up with you. Your burden is easy. This is hard. I hate this. This is wrong. I shouldn't have to go through this. But Lord, your yoke is easy. Somebody clap your hands under the Lord. First Samuel chapter 30 and verse 6 gives us a very familiar verse of scripture. The latter part of it, it says this. David, David encouraged himself in the Lord. Pressure, I want you to hear me. Pressure will get you unless you Encourage yourself. Pressure is going to take you out, sir. Ma'am, pressure is going to take you out. Life is going to take you out. Children that don't live for God, they're going to, it's going to take you out too. You're going to be right there with them. Unless you decide, no, I'm encouraging myself in the Lord. <laughs> Jesus, you are going to save them. Jesus, you saved me, and I was just as bad and as far off as they are right now. But Jesus, I know you're going to save them. I know you're going to help me. Lord, this job is not what I want. I know you got better for me, and I know i got to go back tomorrow. But you're bringing me better. I know you are. I know it's going to get better today. I know I'm going to have hope today. I know I'm going to have peace today. you got to preach to yourself. you got to sing to yourself. you got to laugh at yourself. you got to encourage yourself in the Lord. Can't wait for Sunday for pastor to preach at you or preach to you or encourage you. Or you can't wait for true praise to sing the right song that encourages you. No, you yourself have got to encourage yourself in the Lord. If David had to do it, a man after God's own heart, if he had to do it, don't you think we got to do it? Yes, you stand to your feet all across the building. Maintaining our spiritual equanimity. We got to face life with a renewed excitement. In 2024, sir, you got to get your old enthusiasm back. I'm not talking about your enthusiasm about the Dallas Cowboys, I'm talking about your enthusiasm in the church. 
Man, I'm excited about going to men's prayer. I'm excited about praying in the altar. I'm excited about worshiping. I'm excited about lifting my hands. I'm excited about praying somebody through. I'm excited. I'm excited about revival. I'm excited. I got some enthusiasm. God is real. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Where's your passion and your enthusiasm at? You got to dream new dreams. My son-in-law is going to receive the Holy Ghost. My daughter-in-law is going to receive the Holy Ghost. My baby that's been lost out with God, they're going to receive the Holy Ghost this year at my church. When they come and visit me, it's going to happen. you got to dream new dreams. Don't let those dreams die. you got to dream new ones and say, God's going to do it. I believe it. I know it's going to happen. Take some time. Take some time and get excited about what God's doing. Smell the roses, if you will. Man, I saw a lot of new faces in the house of God today. Thank you, Jesus. Man, I saw some people praying that haven't prayed. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I'm thankful for my children that are consumed by your word. I'm thankful, Lord, that they listen to the word of God when we teach and talk about it. Thank you, Jesus. Make up in your mind in 2024, I'm going to climb some new mountains. I'm going to go further than I went in 2023. Got to make up your mind today. Praise God. Swim. Swim in rivers. The Bible says it was at their ankles. It was at their knees. It was at their loins. And then it was in waters to swim in. Make up in your mind in 2024, I'm going to get in spiritual waters to swim in. Pastor Darren, what are you talking about? I'm talking about maintaining a spiritual equanimity. I got to be stable. And the only way I'm going to be stable is if I get engulfed by Jesus Christ. If I get engulfed by his power. If I get engulfed by his love. If I get engulfed by his presence. God, I need you in my life. Praise God. Turn your attention. This can't happen. It would be difficult, very difficult for anyone to experience what I've talked about if you haven't been born again of water and the Spirit. Very familiar verse of Scripture. I've said that many times today. It is again. Acts 2 and verse 38, it says, Then Peter said unto them, Repent, be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. That promise is for you today. Those of you that have experienced this, I would encourage you today, let it happen again. We got a prayer team that's up here at the front. Some of you that you need Jesus living in your life so you can have the strength to stand. So you can have the help to stand. Sir, I want to encourage you to come right now. I believe I've been preaching to specifically a few people in the place, but for sure the whole congregation. But I believe God's directed me to a few men, a few ladies in this place. I want to encourage you to step out of your pew right now. If every eye would be closed, every hand lifted. I want to give some time for those that 
you need some encouragement. You need some help. and You can't find it anywhere else. You need to laugh more. You need to cry less. and You need to be encouraged more. You have so many issues and things going on in your life. I encourage you to come right here, right now. Because there's some men and some ladies at this altar that want to pray with you. They want to pray that you would gain that strength and you'd gain that hope and help that you can't gain from anywhere else but Jesus Christ. They'll walk you through. They'll talk to you about being baptized and being filled with the Spirit. They'll talk to you about you can encourage yourself in the Lord. No, it's not motivational speaking that's going to do it, but it's something that you get. You get a power, dunamis, from on high that you can encourage yourself when you begin to speak that word in faith. And those of you that are in the congregation, if you'd make your way today, I've placed some meat on this table and I would that you would eat that meat. I would that you would consume that meat of the word today so you can be sustained for those 40 days and those 40 nights. And I would that it would become a pattern of life that I'm going to constantly every day eat the meat of the word. I'm going to constantly every day begin to partake of God's word so when the going gets rough when trials and situations and tribulations and financial issues and kid problems and family problems come I'm going to be able to stand having done all to stand come on can you lift your hands all across this building would you come if you're in this pew still would you make your way to this altar everybody come this is the first day of 20 first sunday of 2024 why not find an altar why not pray today why not seek the face of god today why not start afresh today god i'm gonna start fresh god i'm gonna make it come on those of you those of you that are hurting those of you that have been broken those of you that are having problems god's gonna give you strength today he's gonna give you the strength to be able to stand he's gonna give you the strength to be able to say i can go on day after day as I serve you. Come on, lift your voice all across this building. Prayer team, would you take some initiative for me right now and go to those that God's leading you to and pray for them. Pray that God would touch them. Pray that God would restore them. There's some people that need to be restored today. Restoration is in the house today. Forgiveness is in the house today. God is faithful and just to forgive all sins and he'll forgive you today. Come on, make your way to this altar. Come on, make your way to this altar. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. God's able. God's able to sustain you. God's able to help your marriage. God's able to help your family. Come on, make your way to this altar today. Bow down and say you are